1: Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nolajake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Friday, final podcast of the week, but we've got a very special guest, Andrew Lopez, who covers the team here locally, is going to come on to talk all things Pelicans. We are going to look at David Griffin, his attitude in approaching the media, Drew Holiday, what he's capable of accomplishing next year, all of the young guys and who's going to be starting for the Pelicans next season and maybe what to expect. Plus, we cover just a wide range of topics. It's always fun to talk to Andrew and we could probably go for hours. We're not going to do that. We're going to keep it to a little bit longer than the usual time here. So let's dive into it in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. But quickly, before we get to the interview with Andrew Lopez, don't forget this Sunday around 4, 4.30 is when we're going to start PM Central Time on twitch.tv slash NOLA underscore Jake. We're going to have the first real true live stream. I've got some guests from Locked On Pelicans. Roy Calais is going to be joining me. John Nathan Raby is going to be joining me as well. They write for the site, coming in with their insight. They're also pretty funny guys, so I'm excited to have them on. We are going to enjoy ourselves on this live chat uh, uh, this live stream take your questions it's interactive we've got some fun segments set up and we're going to talk about all the topics you want to hear with this pelicans team so again that's twitch.tv slash nola underscore jake joining me now on locked on pelicans very special guest andrew lopez a dude who just covers the pelicans you can <laughs> follow, <laughs> you can follow him on twitter underscore andrew underscore lopez thanks for taking the time man
0: no problem dude anytime
1: so you were at the introductory press conference for, all, for four of the newest Pelicans, including Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart. Uh, Derek Favors was there as well. Just the first thing I want to ask you, because this has come across to me, I didn't get to make it to that, was did you see Brandon Ingram smile?
0: Yes, uh, I did. Several, several times. Uh, it, it... It's weird, but that's that's kind of his demeanor. Uh, it, it's always he's just a quiet dude. Uh, he, he's not going to be excited by much. He he kind of plays like that, I think, as well. You, you're never going to see him really get like super emotional on the court, one way or the other. Um, I think the, the, the most emotion you want to see from him last year is when he tried to knock Chris Paul's head off. Which yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I want that guy back my corner. I, I want I want the guy who is who's going to fight for his teammates no matter what. The fight
1: gets um, a dirty player like, like he that. wasn't standing for that at all.
0: Yeah, I so the way the way he is, I I I like it like that, but yeah, I did can confirm Brandon Ingram did smile at the press conference.
1: Okay, there we go. Sm- uh, Smilegate settled. I, someone sent it to me on like on Twitter and they're like how come he looks so sad and then they're using the picture of Kamen, Aminu and Eric yes. Gordon which everyone knows and I was like I saw him smiling like this is this is I don't know. It was like cheap yeah. and I'm like, you don't need to do this. So I think it's yeah. settled like they're ha- they're all pretty excited to be here. And that comes across, doesn't it? Everybody. Yeah,
0: and I think, you know, Ingram may may have to have been maybe sold on it a little bit more than those other guys. Lonzo has a clear starting spot. Uh, Josh Hart probably has a really defined role. Derek Favors has a clear starting spot. You know, you, we, we've kind of heard some people kind of throw out different lineups where sometimes J.J. Reddick is starting, sometimes Ingram is starting. I don't think it's as defined publicly, but I think yesterday was what Griff kind of used to to make it work for him. Uh, you know, Griff was basically telling him, we're going to play to our strength. There was a, a part where I remember he, he, he looks down at Ingram when he's saying we're going to play to people's strength, and Ingram looks back and nods at him. Uh, so I think they, they were having some conversations about style yesterday I mean, you know, outside of what we heard in the presser. But um, I, I do think they're going to have a, a a concrete role and he's going to continue to grow. And, he, you know, he should be happy that he's there. Yeah,
1: it's, Someone also said to me, you know, it's OK if he's not excited to be here just yet, like. that's not the end of the world because as you said, you can kind of sell him on this and maybe it just takes some time. Like this dude's life was just completely uprooted from living in one place. Now you've got to move to another city and it's not necessarily by choice. Like no one's going to be happy about something like that. Um, unless you're Josh Hart who bought in, I think immediately on everything. So like,
0: I, I I I I think Josh Hart went completely one, like Josh Hart is doing anything he can, uh, Become a fan favorite like right away. He hasn't played a a minute.
1: everyone loves him immediately. Photoshopped into a Pelicans uniform, and that's his Twitter avatar before the trade is official. Like, but before anyone could really say anything of value about it, even the players couldn't uh, to an extent. And then what he he like overnighted Amazon primed. I guess the the slides from the Pelicans. He
0: overnights the, the the Nola fly. He changed his profile picture. Uh, he changed his colors on Twitch. Uh, when when he was streaming on four, like he, he, he went completely all in. And then if you, you know, Griff lets the story out yesterday, this wasn't even something we, we knew, but Griff lets it out yesterday that, you know, he, or or Tuesday, I should say that, you know, Hart called him and said, look, I know you can get something for me. Don't treat. I want to be here. I want to, I want to be with this organization. So, uh, if, if there's a blueprint for everything you you want, yeah. uh, Somebody coming to your organization to say if you're a fan, uh, Josh Hart just rewrote it.
1: Oh yeah, entirely. Everyone loves him. Look, I'm a big video game guy. I'm just excited to watch this dude. Like, I use Twitch all the time, actually. So I'm just excited now. I follow his streams too. Like. It- He's an easy guy to root for, and anyone who buys in like he did is great. But that's also what David Griffin's looking for, I think, at the end of the day with things. He kind of said that. um, Maybe it was the Woj podcast he did where he's like, yeah, you know, we talked to Anthony Davis, and then kind of we removed the option of him coming back. Not that it was ever going to happen, but he does want these guys who kind of buy in like that. So I think that's awesome for Josh Hart.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of funny you mentioned, like, you couldn't remember what – like interview or what podcast it was on, because Griff has talked so much in the last oh, two it's months. Wild. really hard to keep up with. Uh, it's a it's a different. It's definitely a change based from how things were uh, under Dell, where you, you it was hard to hear from him on the record. Griff's going on the record pretty much everywhere he can be. Um, I'm sure he will probably wind up on either JJ Swin or Josh's podcast the next. Oh couple yeah. Of months he's going to be everywhere and it's 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 kind of refreshing to see but he is looking for that buy-in and i think if you go back to how they maybe started things in phoenix how he had included, he wants you in on what the mission is and and if you don't want to be in that that's fine you can go but if you're here he wants you bought in and if you're not well you know he'll find a way to find somebody else who will yeah
1: no, which is fine. Uh, you know, I've worked at like it's other organizations that kind of handle like like that, and it's if you're building a culture, there's uh, you know, especially at the starting point of it, you can't have anyone halfway in because it can derail right. what you're trying to build. When the culture is established later on, that's when maybe you can take those chances, and I think that's kind of the way they're looking at Ingram with it. Is like we'll figure out if you're all in or not. And I don't think it's a bad thing if he's not all-in right now. It's a bad thing if he's not all-in if they offer him a contract extension at the end of this year since he's up 4-1. That's a concern. But give it time, and I think everyone seems to be buying in. Like, you see Derek Favors chose this team. J.J. Reddick on right. his podcast chose this team. It's it, Drew Holiday's kind of bought into a greater degree than I'd uh, probably ever before. So I have no doubt, even if these guys were upset, which – Again, they all smiled, they all looked happy, they will be bought in eventually.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned Drew, and Drew's an interesting case for me, because Griff has now, again, I can't remember where exactly he said it first, uh, but he's talked several times about challenging Drew to no longer be an underrated player. And he basically told him, if you don't want to be underrated, then that's on you. You have to go out and prove that you deserve all these accolades and things like that. He he mentioned, you know, Steve Nash and the two MVPs. I I don't think it gets to that level, but you know, I I think he has made it clear that this can be, this will be Drew's team, and I think that could help Drew because it it was always still going to be AD's team.
1: Oh yeah, entirely.
0: And even when it was when it was Boogie, it was AD and Boogie, and then kind of Drew after that. I think Griff is challenging him to. Kind of step up as the, the, the leader of the team and to go through it, and I think everything you're hearing is, is Drew is buying into that, and and he's ready to to kind of make that next step happen. But he, he was a big he was a big part himself in JJ Redick coming here. JJ said it on his podcast um, on Thursday. Uh, Derek Favors had a previous relationship with Drew. They you know they talked right after, so you, you saw Drew reach out to to those guys. He reached out to Lonzo. He reached out to Derek so he he is taking on that leadership role that uh, is is going to set the foundation for this team moving forward
1: yeah it it look sometimes all it takes is your boss which is what griffin is to everybody here and just saying i trust you go and do your thing and sometimes yeah. that is just a very motivating feeling you know when your boss comes to you and goes you're awesome keep doing what you're doing here's how i think you can step it up a little bit do what you need to do to make that happen you're probably going to be like, yeah, I'm going to go kick ass at work today. Drew's work is just 82 games of basketball. And, like, we've seen him. You and I have talked about this before, where he, if you want him to be that leading scorer, we've seen moments of it, 40 points, 40-plus points, 43 points, I think it was, in the closeout game against the Portland Trailblazers a couple years ago in the playoffs. He had 30 in that series, too, in four games. Like, he can do this. Maybe I agree with you not to the two-time MVP level. but. Easily, like you could, can you see him maybe making an All Star game this year, especially in the West? Maybe, maybe.
0: Uh, just the West is so loaded. I think yeah. he, could, he may he, he could actually probably make a uh, an All NBA team more so that he can make an All Star team, just because of the amount of guards that are going to be in the West. No, that's but fair. <laughs> he, he can definitely make a jump into those conversations. Be a consistent guy the next couple of years on the All Defensive teams, where people kind of take the. You know he'll be a mainstay on that list for a few years to come. So it's I, I think he's going to and has already embraced this wholly. And you know Zion is still going to he yes he's the phenom but he, he's not going to be able to take the, the you know be the leader on the court day one. You, you do have situations with having Lonzo and uh, Ingram on the floor. You don't always have to be Drew doesn't have to guard the best guy every night. Uh,
1: no, save some Lonzo energy that do. way.
0: Yeah, Lonzo could do that. He could, you know, his, maybe because of the depth on this team, maybe he's not playing 37, 38 minutes at night, you know, for the first five months of the season. So I, I think there's a lot of things to like if you're Drew Hosley about uh, this new setup.
1: Yeah, and probably if you're a big Drew Holiday fan, which probably everyone is at this point, there's also going to be a whole lot to like. Um, you mentioned Zion. We'll touch on him in a second here, but I do want to rem- remind everyone to subscribe to the Locked on Pelicans podcast Monday through Friday, coming to you with insight, getting great guests like Andrew. So wherever you get your podcast from, hit that subscribe button. All right, back with Andrew Lopez, dude who covers the Pelicans. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to get tied. I like that title better than probably any other title you could have.
0: Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's accurate. Uh, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what we're going for
1: here. Yeah. I guess so, yeah. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter if you don't already, at underscore Andrew, underscore Lopez. So you mentioned Zion and how he's maybe not going to be like that main guy. He's the phenom, but I think in Summer League, in the 9 minutes and 10 seconds that he played, you probably saw a pretty good encapsulation of what you're going to see for him this year. A guy who's really good down low, really good in the pick and roll, but offensively struggles elsewhere. Is that kind of your reading of the situation and what we're going to see this year from him?
0: Yeah, I think there was a lot to, to kind of take in. I mean, it, it was 9 minutes, but... You did see, you saw the good, you saw the bad, you saw the ugly. um in in those nine minutes. Obviously, with the damage that he's going to do to rims, the, the power that he can show, you know, when he rips the ball away from Kevin Knox, like it was nothing.
1: It, he um, just showed he was like a, like a man out there. Like he looked like he belonged, which is, it's summer league. Like you can't read too much into this, but like this dude's clearly going to succeed. Yeah,
0: and you know, the, obviously there was, I think the, the concerns about his weight are well founded right now. Uh, I, I don't think okay. it's that bad. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's oh, he needs to go lose thirty pounds. I, I, he's he's got to get in shape for one. And you can be in he can be at two eighty five out of shape, two eighty five in shape. He can be this like it, it, it's not that the losing weight thing that I'm worried about with him. But I do think he came in a little bit over. That was, you know, you you heard Griff say, uh, I think it was on ESPN, or maybe it was on the Roche-Page again.
1: (laughs) One of the many places.
0: (laughs) But he talked about even if Zion did not bump knees, they were likely going to play him 20 minutes in in game one, not play him at all in game two on the back-to-back, then play him a little bit in game three. And he wasn't going to play into the tournament. That that was never the plan for Zion. Uh, Once he gets and, and it, that he will come to New Orleans uh, for most of the summer uh, to, to be able to work out with, with uh, Aaron Nelson and be at the facility and get his body right. I, I know, Like I said, does he need to move a little bit of weight? Sure, probably about maybe 5, 10 pounds, but I still think the rest of it is just getting his body into shape. And If he's playing at 270, 275, that's going to be fine. If he's playing at 280 the way he, was, he looked at Duke, that's going to be fine months of doing nothing but media tours and shoot meetings that and, and you didn't have to work out for april or may when everybody else was doing so so once he gets that done i, I think you know everything's gonna be just
1: yeah it's like a conditioning thing and that's really what it is i think right. too much has been made about the weight the other thing is it sounds like from what david griffin's been saying with aaron nelson and that staff that he's assembled there All of these plans for these guys are going to be very customizable, but you can't really figure out their training regimen, their training plan, what have you, until you get these guys into the system, into the organization, till they're working out and you can kind of track some of the data with it. And that's why him just being in Vegas, probably working out with the team, going through practices and other things is giving them all that data that they need so that when he does come to New Orleans, it's not like this is going to carry over to the start of the regular season.
0: Right, and the, the thing about Aaron Nelson, one of the big things about Aaron Nelson he's, been, his, he's, he's really big on is preventing preventing injuries. So he'll test you out, do all these different numbers of tests, and he sees, you know, man, your ankle is kind of bad. You know, you're going to be doing all sorts of leg and hip exercises to take the stress off the ankle so you can improve your ankle. It That's, I think, the next level of, of the training that, Especially a guy like Zion is going to be able to use. He can pinpoint certain areas of the body to work on. Aaron Nelson is the best in the business uh, by by, in, by most accounts. Okay, I mean, it was, I mean, Yeah, uh, I think who, it's who it's said, safe to say. Yeah, I mean, it said he, he's what he's the Kevin Durant of child. Like you were getting it, a free agent of, of trainers, you just got Kevin Durant. So
1: it, it's going in to one help of them, out tremendous. Yeah, and one of them, I think uh, David Griffin, I think it was on the broadcast in one of the games when he was on with ESPN. He said, he goes, you know, Aaron Nelson might be the guy who's changed basketball the most over the past couple years or something like that. Is a name you've never heard of for the way he's kind of brought that preventative training into things and what he does to players and is able to rejuvenate their careers or extend them or maybe help them go to the next level. That's pretty high praise considering how much revolution the NBA has gone through over the past 10 years. But when you really start to think about it, yeah, it's a really important area. And if the Pelicans have the best of it, it's gaining that competitive advantage that maybe you have over other teams that don't have this sort of thing. And we've seen it. like We know from players saying it that the Pelicans didn't have all the uh, equipment I'm trying to like figure out the word to use here like equipment and plans and everything that they were used to seeing in other teams and then you saw the injuries pile up here I can't prove there's you know a, a direct correlation here but there's something right
0: <laughs> Yeah and you saw in the last probably two seasons uh some of the the minor injuries that would lead into to other major things kind of maybe drop off a little bit uh Obviously a d only played so many games this year, but a lot of that was yeah know, that wasn't necessarily, that was handling, not
1: injury yeah. how,
0: how they were handling things things like that but the training staff took a jump in the last two years but they were still I think behind yeah. the most NBA teams and and now that's just another added bonus for for this team uh, you know it was going take and, and it was gonna take a lot of money to get Aaron Nelson and who Aaron Nelson wanted yeah. away from Phoenix. And they did it, and they wrote the check, and that's one of the reasons there is, you know, now, you know, no, close to probably ten million dollars worth of renovations going into the practice facility. Part of it was Aaron Nelson wants to be able to see the court at all times, so they're they're changing the training room and how that's configured. Uh, they're getting state of the art equipment in there. So there's a lot of things that you can be doing uh, on that side to help, and Aaron Nelson just a
1: huge piece. Of so, with things changing in kind of a good way and bringing in maybe innovative people is the word to use, is there any update on Jeff Bizdelic potentially joining the coaching staff?
0: I think that is it's still the plan. Uh, I don't think they have made it official. Uh, but, I mean, sometimes some things you, you don't need to make official. I mean, it took J.J. two and a half weeks to become yeah. official. Yeah. Um, you know, some things are just kind of going to take some little time, but I, I, the agreement is there. I just don't think anything formal has been announced. They're probably still shuffling a lot of different things. staff, yeah. uh, Who's going to be where and things like that.
1: You know that's that's a guy that makes a lot of sense uh, you know I think on the bench with New Orleans particularly coming from an offensive-minded team like Houston that takes a lot of threes and teaching those guys kind of the fundamentals of get back on defense right away is probably going to be a good thing for a lot of these young players coming in oh yeah um and you know it's it's and it's a little bit different than ermine who was coming in from a bit of a different situation too so yeah i think it's a good thing so with with some of the young guys though so what did you think just uh, overall impressions of jackson hayes Nikhil alexander walker and dd silva over in summer league
0: you know it's still funny because you know griff, griff even said it on one of the broadcasts that they initially thought Jackson Hayes was just going to be a redshirt here, which is odd for somebody you're picking at the number eight spot. But, uh, and, but you had to get him where, you, where the value was. You know, other teams are going to snatch him up nine, 10, 11, 12. They could have, but it, it's still funny how a lot of fans are so going crazy over what Jackson Hayes did. And, and you know, he, he, had, he, he posed double doubles for the first time. He didn't do that at Texas. He hit a three pointer, didn't shoot any at Texas. But, they still were viewing him as like a guy who wasn't going to play that much or a guy who would be in Erie a lot. Yeah. So, to me, that's probably – he, he may force him a little bit into the rotation, but I still think he's not going to play that much. Uh, I mean, maybe your third best player in the team, D.D. Lozada, is not even going to be on the team. He's not even going to be on the G League team. He's going to be in six. He's going to be in, uh, as a part of that uh, that program down in Australia. Uh, but the guy who obviously impressed me the most, impressed a lot of people, uh, was Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And the way he played was was just outstanding. And it, it gave you a sense of, you know, my biggest question going into free agency was, who, who's going to be the backup point guard? Yeah. Who's going to be the guy who backs up? Is it going to be Frank? Is it going to be Alexander-Walker? And I think Alexander-Walker definitely showed you right away that he can be the guy to run that second team unit. Uh, and, and should get a lot of minutes you know behind Monzo
1: yeah th- that was a guy that also looked like might have a bit of a red shirt year, and you you know he answered just almost every question that I had about him going into this i wasn't I'll be honest, I wasn't too high on them picking him at seventeen with maybe a guy like uh Brandon Clark still on the board. Yeah. And, like, we should be upset. Most teams should be upset you didn't draft Brandon Clark after seeing how well he did at Summer League and how good his game's going to be translating to the NBA. And I'm not upset at all. Like, we should be. But that's how good Alexander Walker was during this stretch, even defensively, too. Like, that ambidextrous finishing at the rim with his left or right hand and showing just the range of passes, it's impressive, man. Yeah,
0: uh, you, you have to be happy, obviously. It's just summer league. It's, it's a small sample size, but Alexander Walker's first team, Jackson Hazel's second team. Uh, they they got it figured out on that side, and I think, the, you know, you you see like Argos and ESPN, all these other sites about you know the rookies that stood out, the players that stood out, and both of those guys are on it, and that doesn't always translate to success in in, in actual NBA games, but. The way they kind of did it, I think. I mean, I've seen a lot of people say that Alexander Walker looked the most the most ready rookie or the most ready player out of anybody who was playing out there, which included guys who played in the NBA, last who've, year. who've
1: been in the NBA or multiple years in the NBA too.
0: So, it, to me, those were both really, really solid picks that they landed on.
1: Yeah, it's tough to complain about anything they've really done this off season so far. So we're going to go into looking a little bit ahead to the season in a minute here. But again, don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans here Monday through Friday. You're excited about this team. Your friends are excited about this team. Get to know a little bit more about what's going on. So wherever you get your podcasts from, subscribe to the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Here with Andrew Lopez, who covers the New Orleans Pelicans here. Um, You can follow him on Twitter. It's at underscore Andrew underscore Lopez. So as we start to look towards the, the start of the regular season in training camp, because we're starting to hit that dead period where there's not a whole lot to talk about anymore because it sounds like the Pelicans are kind of done making moves. And you alluded to this earlier on in the first segment we did. So who is, do you have Reddick starting? Do you have Ingram starting? And who do you think the coaches are going to be starting?
0: I think for for right now, I have Ingram starting. Uh, although I can you can make arguments for me to go Drew, uh, Lonzo Drew. J.J. Reddick, and then bring Ingram off the bench as that six-man, that super-sub Ginobili role where he still plays you know, 28, 32 minutes a game, but he can control the second units, and he's probably closing. Uh,
1: yeah, almost definitely.
0: I, 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 still, I still have him starting as of right now. It's, you, know, you, you don't pay $13 million for a guy like J.J. Redick to have him. Typically, you don't pay that kind of money for a guy to come off the bench. But I think you're paying him more for his leadership than anything else and being that piece that kind of helps these guys grow a little bit. But right now, I think Ingram, if you were to tell me Redick was going to start and Ingram was going to play 30 minutes off the bench in that role, I wouldn't be upset with that.
1: No, and can you see him particularly with the the passing ability that he has? And he, you know, he's one of the few guys maybe on this team still who'll be able to kind of just create instant offense for themselves mm-hmm. to get his own shot, which is a very useful skill to have, and you want to have a guy like that. Uh, Drew can do it too. I don't really think we have faith in Lonzo to do anything like that or any of the other bigs, including Zion maybe, but he'll be able to do that, and that can create a lot for others. So with that backup point guard situation, maybe a little bit unclear. I think he can fill a lot of that role, too, whether it's with the second unit or coming in as a sub when maybe a guy like Holiday or Ball pop out as well for a little bit before finishing games, and I agree with you fully on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the one. I mean, they've tried him at point a couple times in L.A. Uh, He is a very willing passer. He's a very good passer. Uh, So he could fill that backup point role. Or, I mean, you could have lineups where you go with Alexander Walker, Josh Hart, Ingram—all three of those guys on the floor at the same time. All three of those guys can really be interchangeable, uh, one, two, three in the offense. So there's a lot of potential there. But I mean, he's still going to get 30, 32 minutes a game. I, 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 you know, whether it's a Lou Williams style where he's going to average 20 off the bench, or they're going to just try to, you know, make him the starter like like he probably should be at this point in his career, uh, and go from there. It kind of remains to be seen, but again, I, I don't really think you can go wrong either way. But for Gentry, it's at least a good problem to have, one that I think you know he would have he would have died to have last year.
1: Oh, I mean, come on! Like I think most of the problems the Pelicans have right now are like very good issues to have uh, with everything, which is really nice. What about a guy like Lonzo Ball in this offense? You know, I think he's going to do better in transition than. He's done before. I think he's really good in transition, or could be at least really good in transition. How do you see him fitting in, and how are they going to kind of use him because his half-court offense has not been good?
0: Yeah, it's you're going to look for improvements there. They're going to try their best to kind of get him going. Uh, but, I mean, he really sort of fits into the offense kind of the same way Alfred Payton stated, uh, fit to the offense last year. He's not going to be a knockdown shooter but, but he, he's going to be respectable. He he still shot 32.9% last year. Uh, they're going to work on that, obviously. Uh, they'll, they'll work on free throws, clearly. But to to me, it's still a, you know, he he's going to kind of play the role Alfred played. He's going to be able to get to the goal. He's going to be able to find guys and, and, and get those assist numbers up. Um, and that's where he really is a lead is passing the ball and finding those guys. So uh, he's, I, I think you're going to see some good things from him.
1: Yeah, and, and defensively, I think this team has one of the better just uh, defensive backcourts in the league. Maybe just a top-end defensive potential, particularly with a guy like Derek Favors anchoring it down low. What about him playing his more natural position of center where we haven't seen him for a number of years? And it seems like Griffin really feels, and he said, there's untapped offensive potential here.
0: You know, what's it's, what's funny to me is when you're already talking about a lineup, where Zion could be your fourth best defender and there was all this hype about him defensively last year and he saw all the things he could do. And Brandon Ingram is really your fifth best defender possibly in your starting lineup. Uh, you, you're going to have a pretty good defensive team. And I say uh, <laughs> they're going to be able to work with that. They, they, you know, they made a the joke about you know, It's the first to 95. That's going to win the Celtics game next year. Um, <laughs> the team is going to be able to play with pace and defense. That's going to be the key. And that's, What's been missing, and you obviously have a guy like Drew to anchor it, and if you kind of just build from there, you, you, you know, you're going to be pretty well off. And I think Favors being able to, to sit back at the five, he, you know, you go back and look at his defensive numbers a lot. It's not because of Rudy Gobert, it's because he is a good player. He is a good defensive player. Um, and the fact that he can play the five full time now, uh, I think it's only going to you know, unlock something else.
1: Yeah, I, I'm excited to see. And again, he's it sounds like his buy ins there. And this is a guy who maybe is going to be here long term with this team. So it's a pretty exciting time. It's, it's just weird hearing David Griffin speak this much just everywhere. Is it partially you think to set? So I asked people, I'd asked this on Twitter the other day. Is like, did he do this in Cleveland? Like, is this just the norm for him, or is he coming in and maybe realizing the opportunities he has here, maybe spending some time as a member of the media, gave him a fresh perspective on it? That alone, I think the transparency you're seeing is kind of breathed some new life into this franchise, too.
0: Yeah, and obviously, there was another thing. He he had a mission to kind of make it known about what commitment Gail Benson was giving to this team. Oh, yeah. That's uh, another reason he's done so much, but... Uh, you, you got to give him credit for for getting out ahead of this. Every every chance, I mean, he's, he's been on the jump. He's been on the woes pod. He's been on the ESPN broadcast. He's uh, he's on the Howard Beck's podcast the other day. I mean, he, he's anywhere he he you he, 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 he'll he'll go. He'll go do anything. So to me, it's a it's a big move to uh, try to jump ahead of this as, as he has.
1: Yeah, and just trying to change the perception around the league, which is not easy to do, and I think the Pelicans didn't necessarily have the best one. So it's just I don't know. It's been fun to see. So are you in favor? Uh, so ne- the Pelicans dropped the "Let's Dance" trademark issue, but do you think we're going to see like new branding and things inside the arena next year with all of that? Because it seems like a no-brainer.
0: Yeah, I still think so. I, I, I you know they they dropped it. Let's on get the trademark. Let's on get the money, but. It, 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 it'll be silly not to see if you don't. You don't see that, you know, next year. That it's it's it fits so perfectly.
1: Well, it's better than what were they? What was the hashtag they've been using? Bird strikes. Is that what it Bird was? Bird Strikes.
0: Yeah. That's, like, yeah. That was with uh, that was with Griff. Griff was kind of pushing, but uh, I think that's I mean, changed like, now, like, huh? Let's dance. This works so. Good. Oh my so god.
1: Good. It just makes sense, and now it kind of—you and I have talked about it a bunch. You can now make this a very New Orleans-flavored thing instead of, like, a generic type of atmosphere, which they've gotten really high ratings. The league grades those kind of things, and the Pelicans usually are in, like, the top 10, top 5. But now you can have a lot more fun with it and make it very more New Orleans-centric. And I think if you do that, particularly because there's going to be higher interest in the team next year, it's going to be, again, you get the fans' buy-in, which is also probably what they're looking for.
0: Yeah, the, the fan interest is going to be – I'm very curious to see how that's going to go next year because, I mean, I, I've been – you know, you go to the car wash, you go to the grocery store, you go to any – you see people wearing Pelicans gear in June to July. You just didn't see that before. No, ever. So, the fact that people are are buying in at that level really makes me excited just to see how that's going to go during the season.
1: Yeah, it's uh, my girlfriend was at a coffee shop the other day and saw someone in like a homemade Zion Williamson t shirt where they like did it themselves. Like, if people are getting to that point with things, they're pretty excited, I'd say.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, I mean, they see it doing that. They see you see the shirt. Obviously, the ticket sales speak for themselves. So everybody is kind of getting on board with it. And I think you know summer league just happened. I mean, it just helped uh, kind of kind of fuel the fire a little bit. But I'm ready to get to the regular season just to see what the reaction is going to be like.
1: Yeah, you know, they still haven't. Despite everyone's excitement, they still haven't actually played a game or won a game. And so I think you eventually got to do that and see these guys on the court in their real jerseys and not summer league jerseys. Andrew, thanks so much for taking the time today, hopping on to give us your insight to everything. And I know we're going to have you back on again soon, I'm sure. No problem, man. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On. Pelicans, thank you all for listening. Thank you to Andrew Lopez for being the guest on the Friday edition here. Don't forget, live stream this coming weekend around 4, 4, 30 p.m. Central, twitch.tv slash NOLA underscore Jake. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, subscribe to the podcast. Please leave a five-star review. And I'll be back with you all on Monday.